The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And we are diving deep into our AI glossary series, really focusing on many of the topics that people need to know for making AI machine learning and big data work. And some of the terms that you may know, you may not know, maybe you're using correctly, maybe misusing. That happens all the time, by the way. <laughs> In AI machine learning, you should not feel alone. And um, well, you know, exploring some of the confusion, which is funny because that term confusion actually has a specific definition. Uh, in the terms of artificial intelligence and machine learning, and we will get into that. So we hope you've been enjoying. We've heard from many of you of our listeners that over the past five plus years, we've been doing AI today, but especially uh, over this AI glossary series, you found it useful. So we're going to keep doing it. If there's a term that we've missed, uh, let us know. Uh, we do, of course, have many uh, glossary podcasts uh, in the past, so you should listen to those as well as more coming up in the future. And you can look at our online glossary. And you should know that anything that's in the online glossary that we have at cognolitica.com, C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com, we'll, we have a podcast for. So if it's there, you will hear about it either in the past or in the future. So uh, definitely subscribe to AI Today to be aware of all that. Exactly. And we'll link to the glossary in the show notes as well, because it does go over, you know, key terms related to AI, machine learning, and big data at a high level. As Ron mentioned, there can be some confusion with uh, some of these terms. And in today's podcast, we're going to be going over a few related terms that hopefully now, if you hear them, will be uh, at least you'll have a high level understanding of. So on today's podcast, we're going to go over the terms confusion matrix, accuracy, precision, F1, recall, sensitivity, and specificity. So I know it's a lot of terms that we're going over, but they really do all relate and will present nicely together. So first we want to go over the confusion matrix. It's a method for determining the accuracy and precision of a classifier model by determining the total number of true positives, true negatives, false positives, and false negative results, and then placing the results in a grid table. So confusion matrix, it's really only good for classifiers. And now let's go over, you know, what those uh, the true and false are. So a true positive, we're, we're thinking about, let's say we want to identify if it's a hot dog or not hot dog. A true positive would be if the image is a hot dog and it is a hot dog. A false positive would say that it it's a hot dog, but it's 
really not a hot dog. So it was a false positive. The true negative is we're saying that it's not a hot dog and it really is. It's not a hot dog. And then the false negative is it's not a hot dog, but it really is a hot dog. So just kind of understanding that, think about that in a grid-like pattern. Uh, the confusion matrix provides key evaluation statistics, including recall, precision, accuracy, specificity, sensitivity, F1 score, and other measures of model performance. And all of those terms we will be defining in just a few moments. But, you know, for your particular needs, you need to figure out which measure has the most value. And unfortunately, there's really no easy way to compare models purely on any one measure. There's many trade-offs. Right. And we are talking about models here because you can set up even for the same training data and using the same algorithmic approach, let's say we're using a random forest or a decision tree or maybe some sophisticated neural net. You have so many choices you can make in the way you set up the the, the parameters, your hyperparameters. There's, you have so many configuration choices, even maybe, you know, you may select different data sets. Of course, when you're doing that, of course, you'll have different uh, results. But, you know, you you will really want to know how that model is performing. And you might think that the only thing you might care about is like, is the model getting things right, this idea of accuracy. But there's a lot of ways of getting things right and getting things wrong. And you might care about more of the rightness than the wrongness. The interesting thing is the reason why it's called a confusion matrix is not to confuse you, the poor uh, human who's trying to use it. No, it's it's how confused is the model? Because if the model is trying to, let's say, uh, as Kathleen mentioned, be the hot dog detector, you take an image and the computer's predicting whether or not it's a hot dog, how confused is that model? Uh, and that's, that's what the, this is measuring. So we do have a few measures we can use. One is an accuracy measure. And you might think about, well, the accuracy measure is how much did it get right? across all the times it tried to predict. So the mathematical formula is pretty straightforward. It's just the number of true positives, the number of time it, it got the class right when it was supposed to get it right, and true negatives, the amount of times it said it wasn't in that class and it was right over all the times that it guessed, which is, of course, all the true positives, the false positives, the false negatives, and the true negatives, because that's everything. There's no other <laughs> category. It's got to be one of those, right? And that's the total percentage. You may be like, oh, not when someone says that we have a 95% accuracy, rating, that, that's what they're talking about, right? They're talking about that. But there's another measure called precision. And you might think, oh my goodness, the words accuracy and precision mean the same thing. You know, in an English terminology, they do mean very similar things, but they're different. Accuracy, uh, if you want to think about it from a visual perspective, is, you know, are you aiming in the right direction. And precision is, are they all kind of going the same way, you know, across all those things? So you could think of the precision as the number of times that you predicted something was in the class over all the times that you were that you were supposed to predict it, that it was in that class, which means you're going to add all the false positives too. So if you something said something was in the class and it was not supposed to be in that class, you basically put an extra thing in that little bucket, your precision is uh, not so great. You might you might be classifying the right things, but you might be over classifying. It's like, yeah, these things are all red balls. I'm going to put a couple of blue balls in there too. Like, uh, those blue balls don't belong in the red ball bucket. So your precision is off, right? Um, the next one is the sensitivity, which also has the term recall. So if you see the word sensitivity and recall, they actually mean the same thing. And you can look online. They do mean the same thing. Why they have two different words? There's a lot of reason for that, but basically they mean the same thing. And it's the how many times the model 
correctly classified something in that case over the amount of times it was supposed to classify. So it's like in the first case, it was like I'm over classifying, putting blue balls in the red buckets. Now I'm just counting where all my red balls are. And like, hey, I was supposed to put some of those red balls in the red ball thing. They ended up somewhere else. So it's the true positive rate over the true positive rate plus the false negative rate, all the ones I've missed, right? I'm really counting all of my misses. So in the precision, if I'm trying to minimize the number of false positives, I want to get a higher precision rate. In my sensitivity and recall, I want to minimize my number of false negatives, the amount of times I'm like not classifying things when I'm supposed to. Maybe that's what recall is intended to mean. I'm not sure why they use that word. Honestly, I can't really think of a good reason at all for why recall. Maybe one of your listeners can tell us why recall is used and why sensitivity is used for that same meaning. There is another version. It's called specificity, which is basically the opposite of precision, which is the number of times I was supposed to not classify, do a true negative over the number of true negatives plus my false positive. The number of times I said it was supposed to be in that class, but it really wasn't. So um, that's called specificity. And really speci lower specificity is about trying to minimize the number of false positives and uh, and really trying to, to make my negative count as high as possible. So we got a lot of measures and you might care about one more versus more than the other because maybe having a false positive has a bigger impact. Like if I have a um, not suitable for work classifier, and I want to see if this is NSFW or not. And the question is, Is if I have an accuracy rate of 82% or 92%, does that tell me much? Yeah. I mean, it tells me in general how the model is performing. But what if I said that what factors into that 92% uh, accuracy rate or 86 or whatever is that I have my false negative rate was a lot higher than my false positive rate. So I say, well, in my NSFW model, is it worse for me to say that there is no NSFW in that image when there actually is? false negative, or to say that there is NSFW in that image when there really isn't false positive. And I think a lot of us would say that in this particular case, we care more about the false negatives because the penalty of getting it wrong is higher. There is an aggregate calculation, if I want to factor in both precision and recall, called F1, which is really just precision times recall divided by precision plus recall multiplied by two. It's just some aggregate, and maybe it gives you a better opportunity because we do factor in both the false negative rate with recall, we factor in the false positive rate with precision. So this is some ac uh, combination. So as mentioned, you know we can use a confusion matrices to determine how one model uh, compares to another model. But let's say I have many, many, many different models. Instead of just having a bunch of confusion matrices and I have to look at all the numbers, we actually have a little bit of a shortcut that we can use to sort of visualize how all these different model choices uh, represent. And this is the idea called the receiver ROC curve. So maybe Kathleen, maybe give a high level overview and I'll dive a little bit deeper into the ROC curve. And that'll be it for confusing matrix ideas. Sure. So the ROC curve is used to evaluate machine learning performance and determine how well a given machine learning classifier is working. The ROC curve is visualized as a graph, and it shows the true positives versus the false positives. So it's a visual method for summarizing the performance of binary classifier models. We went over what a binary classifier was in a previous podcast. We'll link to that one in case you haven't listened to it. Um, so it's uh, 
you know, summarizing the performance of binary classifier models across multiple different thresholds by measuring the true positive rate against the true negative rate. So basically, it's, you know, a graph of true positive rate versus false positive rate for different settings of the classifier, thereby summarizing multiple confusion matrices. So this is a visual representation really for humans so that you can see how well it's performing. Yeah. And um, it it comes from this term receiver operating characters, which is, again, a very odd term uh, for machine learning, (laughs) for statistics. It comes actually from uh, radar terminology and where you're trying to see if the radar is detecting something and not making uh, mistakes. So um, so, so really what it's saying is like, well, you know that the radar is working if it's doing it better than randomly. And so if you draw a line uh, from like, you know, zero to one, and the line is the, you know, where true positives equal false positives, which is kind of random, right? You, if you flip a coin, it's like, did I get it right? I don't know, randomly. If you're above that, random line, the random classifier line, then you have a classifier that's working better uh, than randomly. And of course, perfect classifier would have 100% true positives and 0% false positives, right? Um, And, you know, we could have used other measures, you know, but, but the true positive versus false positive rate just works really well. So this idea of, you could think of the area under the curve, if you were to draw a line, if you were to plot your classifier and all these classifiers, you drew a line, the area under the curve allows you to compare these different approaches. And if it's greater than one, the area, then the model's performing better than chance. Uh, uh, so this is, this is just a good, quick way of, of understanding all those, um, summarizing all those confusion matrices. But hopefully by now you understand what the confusion matrix is all these different um, measures of how confused the model is about a, something for a classifier. And of course, a way to summarize summarize all these so that we could pick the best one uh, for our particular needs. Exactly. And we know we went over a bunch of terms in today's podcast. So in case you need to re-listen to it, that's no big deal. You absolutely can. We also have additional podcasts in our glossary series. So if you have not done so already, make sure to subscribe to AI Today so you can get notified of all of them, as well as other ones that we have, uh, some interviews we have lined up, as well as additional topics. And if you've listened to our podcast for any number of episodes now, you know that we're big advocates of doing AI right. It's one thing to understand these terms at a high level, but it's another thing to actually know how to put it into practice. And that's where CPM AI comes into play, the Cognitive Project Management for AI. It really helps you do AI right. So for our listeners, in case you're not familiar with CPMAI and you want to learn more, we've put together a free intro to CPMAI course. You can go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI to register and sign up for the course. I know that many of you already have, and we've gotten some great feedback. So thank you to everybody that's done so. If you'd like to get your certification as well, your CPMAI certification, you can go to cognolitica.com slash CPMAI. Many of our podcast listeners are CPMAI certified, and we've had some great interviews with some CPMAI certified individuals where they talk about how it's helped enhance their career. It's helped them really better understand and manage AI, machine learning, and big data projects, as well as be able to talk to different groups and teams within their organization. So I definitely encourage you to check that out if you're interested in getting your CPMAI certification. We'll link to both of those courses in the show notes. You just have to click on the link and it'll take you right to them. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, Check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. 
Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.